Welcome to Chasing Man, I'm your host Liam McAwee. So what is Chasing Man? Simply, it's just man chats. The whole idea of these man chats is just to hear people's journeys through life, the challenges and the adversity that they've faced along the way. The whole idea is so you can grab some of their tools to throw in your toolbox. So if you ever come to the same situation in your own life, you know how to deal with and get through those situations. In today's show, we have a very special guest, a new friend to me, a member of my men's group, Ramon. Awesome conversation with Ramon. We talk a lot about where he is in his life, what help men's groups have done for him, and a lot about when he was a fireman in 9-11, which gets pretty emotional. Enjoy it, guys, and you know the deal. Hit the link, subscribe. Kia ora, chasing man. If you don't know what that means, it's just a welcome in Maori from New Zealand. Uh, two days in a row, I have another American guest today. This is uh, a friend of mine, a new friend of mine. We have developed a connection through our man's group, uh, our men's group, Every Man. Uh, Ramon, how are you? I'm doing... <sighs> I'm kind of embarrassed to say I'm doing phenomenally well. <laughs> Do not be embarrassed with that, mate. Roll no, with it. It was tongue in cheek. No, the, the the main the main thing that I've been struggling with these days, as to as to my enjoyment, is it's a fucking pandemic out there, man. It's 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 the plague, and here I am. I'm I I don't want to say I'm living my best life, but there has been so much open to me and so much accessible to me in the in the last few weeks, and I've I've I, I I dove head in, so I'm 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 really doing well. So thank you, dude. Tell us a little bit about what it's like down there, because you're down in New York, right? I am. I am. Uh, I am in Westchester County. I'm in Lower Westchester County, uh, which is just outside of uh, the Bronx, which is one of the five boroughs of uh, of New York City. Um, I was raised in Queens, so I actually lived in the uh, city proper, but then I moved out here about five years ago, and um, the beginning of the uh, pandemic in New York was in New Rochelle, which is just uh, a little bit down from me. So for us, it was a very dramatic and a very very rapid escalation. You know, in in, in as much as these things were rapid at that time. And uh, it's been it's been frightening. It's been uh, scary. It's been um, anxiety ridden. It's been a, a whole a whole struggle, a whole journey with with fear um, for the first few weeks until we kind of got a handle on okay, we can do this. You know, we have enough supplies. We're safe. We're at home uh, for the most part. What what kind of complicated for me. Uh, was the fact that I um, I'm also I'm also a volunteer firefighter, mm. and I have been a volunteer firefighter for for many years. And one of my major struggles was that I decided that I am not responding during this time uh, because uh, my wife and one of the boys in the house, one of our boys, yeah, are immunocompromised, 
And I was afraid. I was, I was concerned for their well-being. I was concerned for their safety. And I had to weigh that with my obligation and my responsibility and my desire and my need to, to be out there doing what I signed on to do. And so that was a struggle. And that involved a lot of shame and a, a lot of struggle for me. But once that once, once I got into the, into the whole understanding of it and the whole groove of it, um, I, I, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm communicating with, with people like I've never communicated with before. I'm doing work on myself like never before. So, yeah, that's a long-winded way of, of, of telling you that I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. And, and so how did you get around that mindset change that was required? Because... I can imagine it's something that you live for, you love it, you know, you volunteer to do it. So there's obviously massive amounts of passion, but when it comes to family, obviously nothing trumps family, but still there's, there's gotta be that internal turmoil that you had to come to terms with. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a tremendous amount of internal turmoil. Uh, and, and the shame was, was, was overpowering at, at times and, the shame and the sadness that came from that and the and the the feeling that I cannot be sitting at home. I need to be out there helping my my brethren, you know, my, my brother firefighters deal with this ridiculous situation that we've been thrust into. And I sat with it. I I I just came to a place where uh, after some much much internal struggle, and actually the the uh, men's group was was very instrumental in that. The, the ability to express myself, to express my shame, to cry in front of other men, to deal with the emotions, to allow them to wash through me, that was a that was a big part of it. Um, and I I came to realize that. My place is here. My place is to protect those that I love, to protect my family. And that's where it ends. That's where the buck stops. So it was, it was, a, it was a journey. It was, it was certainly a struggle. Um, and, uh, but again, having you on some of those calls was, was remarkable. And uh, it was safe space. And uh, it still is safe space. But we all need that. I, I, I know I need that in my life to, to help me figure out the tough choices. So Now, I was on a men's group call this morning that I've just started up and you know after after the call we just sat on the zoom and just had a bit of chatter and the guys are they're friends of mine they're younger than me maybe five years four years two years something around that younger than me and they were all in agreement that how important this men's movement is and, and the communication and understanding emotion but they also all of them brought up how how it's missed out in our learning in society all these great things from a younger age and it's so hard to draw in these youngsters to understand how important it is then we get to this age of mid-30s late 40s and go shit this is really important. How do you think we come around or project these ideas or get younger people, younger men involved in learning more about themselves at a younger age? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> and, and one that I've been struggling with as well. 
Um, one of the ways for sure is through our sons. Uh, I have a 29 year old and he's in the military. So that, that adds a, 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 a layer of complexity, but he also knows me. He also knows that I, he's seen my, he's seen, he's seen my journey and, and we're, we're very close. We've been in touch much more closely over the last few weeks for sure. And uh, I tell him, I talk to him about it in, in as much as possible. I mean, he's very open to hearing from me. He's not as open to the actual expression of emotions on his side. But I think the way we can impact uh, most powerfully is by example um, and by communicating uh, our journey to the young people that we have any kind of relationship with. And uh, so another, another way is, or it's the same way, but it relates a little bit differently. So we have, uh, so my wife and I have uh, three boys. Uh, they're her, her biological kids, but they're at home. Well, two are at the moment because one is, uh, one is sequestered up at school. Uh, but talking about emotions, talking about it's okay as a man to express your emotions. If you're sad, you're sad. Uh, and, and if you're angry, chances are that anger is covering up something that you're not sure how to contend with. So it's the communication, it's the lead by example, it's, hey, we're all here, we're all in this together, none of us are perfect, and uh, we have a higher calling. We have, there's something out there that's more than just being this 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 uh, image of, of Neanderthal man that or I mean, I, I, I'm not necessarily, not necessarily, Neanderthal men is not necessarily toxic masculinity, but there's, there's a relevance there. So that's not what we're connected to. That's not what, where we need to end up. We can do things differently. We can open up our lives. We can be in touch with our feminine side. I love my feminine side, man. I am, <laughs> I I'm adore with you. I adore it. And, uh, it works. It, it's it's the right thing to do. It's the right it's the right way to be. It's the right way to communicate. And I know for me, it is advantageous when I'm talking to women, when I'm talking to my partner, my wife, for certain, and also with anyone, any woman who understands that the man in front of her has has a a grasp of communicating with himself, of communing with his own emotions, will be that much more open to to talking with me. So it's, it's win, win, win all across the board. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I have noticed recently as well on a couple of our group calls, uh, single men and, uh, you know, they're coming to uh, this idea that they have to understand their emotions more and communicate it, but then they're going out there trying to meet women. And then all these women are, thinking that they're weak and that they're soft and why are you not expressing more macho-ness right so it, it's it's confusing times for men especially single men yeah yeah everything everything yeah i, I everything flipped on its head the, the whole dynamic the whole expectation of how to be a man with a woman is completely different these days and and as far as i'm concerned way to the to to our advantage and to our benefit to the benefit of mankind um you know we're no longer just the the hunter gatherers 
uh, protectors, ooh, He-Man. You know, we are also human beings with, with a full range of emotions and uh, a full set of tools to express those emotions and to better ourselves and to, to touch deeply into what makes us a man. And woman is a part of that. So, and, and it's all part of evolution, right? Like, yes, yes, we started with spear and fire and wheel. But yeah. now, now we have heart, we have voice, we have mind, we have uh, consciousness, all these amazing realms to explore and not to, to, you know, to push back into that dark closet anymore. Right, right. And, so, and, and, and the complexity of that, of course, is to integrate the two. How do you find the middle way between being the provider, the, the protector, because I'm, I certainly st still feel that aspect of it, I, I feel that very powerfully. As the man of the house, there are certain roles that I still fulfill, and I, I, I stand up very powerfully in, into that role. But I'm also, I can also be soft, and I can also be gentle, and I can also be tender, and that only increases who I am. That only makes my light shine brighter. I, um, I talked to somebody recently, and, and they said, you know, the masculine side is the tool apron. I don't know if North Americans call them aprons. You know, the tool belt that, that carpenters wear. Yeah, we call it a tool we belt. We call that an apron as well. So you, you have to be able to wear two aprons, right? And one is a, one is a building apron and one is a cooking apron. And there's yeah, nothing man. wrong with either of those aprons. No, no. Uh, au contraire. The, 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 the more you're able to, to mix and, and mesh the two, the better off you are, I, I, I believe. For sure. So talking about all this sort of emotional growth, what was your upbringing like? Was your dad a closed off or open or, and, and what was your relationship like with, I, I suppose, both, both of your parents actually? My dad, uh, my dad was not very warm, not very given. He, I think, to this day, I'm, I'm 59. To this day, he's only told me he loved me one time, I think. And that was within the last year. Um, so emotional expression and emotional support was certainly not one of his uh, strengths. And that is something that I realized how much I lacked and missed. And of course, I didn't realize this until yeah, fairly recently. Um, so the benefit of that, of course, and if, 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 if I choose to find the gratitude in, in something, which I usually do. Talking my words there, talking my words. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, the gratitude for me is that it really clarified and crystallized for me how I want to be with my son. Yes. And my son is... Uh, you know, again, he's 29. He's taller than I am. He's bigger than I am. I hug him. I kiss him. I tell him I love him. You know what? It serves. It serves. That's the way to do it. So, my mom. My mom was certainly more uh, more nourishing and and more uh, more motherly and more uh, supportive emotionally. But I think that because of, of, of the, the deficiency from my dad, it 
uh, overshadowed. So I, I, I think I, I grew up in a in an emotionally deficient household. I, I was I was in a deficiency. Uh, luckily, my grandfather uh, provided that for me. He he was very much he was my hero, my my dad's dad, and he was the one who provided a lot of emotional support. So for that, I'm I'm very very grateful. Um, so I had I think I had a, I had both I had both aspects. But uh, I can honestly say that from an early age, I understood that emotions are not as terrible as men say they are. And I've had to, to, to learn through that. I, have to, I had to uh, filter what I saw with toxic masculinity growing up in a, I, I grew up in a fairly tough neighborhood in Queens, uh, New York. And, uh, the fire department when I first joined was not the healthiest uh, <laughs> environments. <laughs> so there was quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of, of rough masculinity uh, pointed my way or, or, you know, the, the general uh, atmosphere is what that was. So I, I, I had to navigate that. I had to, I had to learn how to put up with that, how to deal with that without necessarily falling into that, uh, into that trap. And it wasn't easy. It was not, uh, wasn't, wasn't an easy, uh, wasn't an easy way, but. How, what were the strategies that you had in place? Like, how did you deal with that knowing that that was not serving you? I, I expressed, I, I think the, without really having the tools or the knowledge that I have today, uh, I expressed it mostly, uh, I had, I felt the need to express the energy and I did that through martial arts. I did that through sports. Um, and I did that through firefighting. Uh, I think I, I, I trained heavily. I did a lot of outwardly uh, pointed energy focused activity uh, until I began to associate with different people that opened up the door, opened up a path for me to see differently. Um, it, it, it started with martial arts. It uh, transitioned to into yoga and meditation and, um, and men's work, uh, sitting with other men and learning how to communicate, learning how to tap into what's here and knowing how to express that. It's, um, you know, it's often talked about, especially in the business world, that you're the average of the, the top five people you associate with, right? But it takes a lot of time for us to fully grasp that and realize that, you know, we may have these people in our lives, whether it be work, business, family, that, you know, especially with family, you can, you can love them but you can also love them from a distance. And sometimes it's, it's a great tool to be able to recognize that. And for you, for you to progress, to just, you know, keep that, that distance, love them unconditionally as we should, but just realize that maybe that they're not serving you to head towards that ultimate goal, that ultimate direction that you want to head towards. Um, and, you know, it, it's not easy, is it? It's not easy at all. But, you know, once you get through those steps and you look back, it, it improves your life tenfold. 
No question. No question. I, um, I actually have to take that step. I actually have to take the step of distancing myself from, uh, from, my, from my nuclear family, uh, from my family of origin. They, it was just not serving me. It was just not the right place for me. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's it. It was certainly not and is not a, uh, something easy to navigate. And um, I feel guilty about it on occasion, but I also know that it's serving me at the moment. And it, it's this, this journey of, of personal growth and, and expansion is something that I need in my life. And I cannot see it from a different place at the moment. It has to come from here. And the other thing with that, you already talked about it briefly there before, is you're leading by example, right? So you doing what you've done and moving forward and working on yourself is hopefully going to be recognized by those people for them to actually realize for themselves, wow, if he can do it, I can do it, right? I would certainly hope so. I, I would certainly hope to lead by example. I'm, I'm perfectly happy to do that. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking as you were telling the story about your parents and then uh, your granddad. And I often think that, you know, this, this toxic masculinity or the, the lack of emotion comes from that generation of ba baby boomers, right? Going through the war and, you know, the depression and struggling times. And they were, they were forced to grow thick skins. They were forced to push forward. And I would have thought that would have been an extension from generation to generation to generation. But then you talk of granddad being so emotionally open. Why do you think he was so emotionally open? I'm not certain. Uh, but what I do know is that he was able to leverage the challenges in his life. And he had a lot of challenges. He, uh, he left Poland uh, in 1929 because of, uh, some, some serious anti-Semitism and he, uh, he came to Israel before it was Israel. Israel was born in 1948, but he, um, he was one of the establishers of the country in, in, in a sense. So he, um, he underwent and experienced a lot of hardship and, He's just one of those people who was able to leverage the challenges and create this incredible beauty. Uh, there are some there are some people who are just called to do that. I, I and I'm not sure what it is that what the distinction is and and why is it with some people some people go bitter and and close up and become difficult to deal with. Yet others are take these these tremendous challenges and are able to flourish and turn it into something beautiful? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the answer. Um, but yeah, it's lucky, interesting. For me, that, lucky for me that that, that, that worked, that happened. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, whenever you have adversity in life through family members, you usually choose, and you've already used that terminology, which I love, you, you either choose to, you know, find the gratitude out of that wrongness and push forward to improve your life. So one would say, you know, like the growth mindset or just totally fall into that victimhood where you become so fixed that, you know, you're born to, to follow the, the path that you received from your, your parents. And 
it's funny because you're right i don't i don't understand how or why because you meet a lot of people in life that you think are strong and and of a growth mindset but they just can't push through some of those 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 challenges in life hey i wanted to touch a, a little bit more on your your fire fire firefighting so right. i haven't asked you this personally were you involved with 911 yeah yeah i was i was uh i was down at the towers um it wasn't wasn't on the it wasn't on the first day it was on the third day i at the time was actually working in midtown my uh, my shop was in midtown manhattan on fifth avenue right off of 37th street and uh that morning that tuesday morning i my, my routine is i usually get into the city about 7 30. i went down to the corner on fifth avenue to get a cup of coffee at the old repair say that again I went to, I, I go down to the corner of Fifth Avenue uh, to get a cup of coffee at Obo Pan. Which oh, is, no, uh, I, I was joking. I heard you say coffee and I loved oh, it. Coffee. <laughs> I loved it. I just wanted to hear you say coffee again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, some things are, uh, some things are some, sometimes permanent. Don't change um, Sorry to interrupt you, Gary. No, no worries. No worries. And yeah, so I actually watched the progression. Uh, of of the the towers falling, uh, but I was in the city, and my gear was in at home in in, uh, in Long Island. At the time, I was living in uh, in New Hyde Park, and I was with the uh, New Hyde Park Fire Department. Uh, so um, that day, I, I somehow made it home. I don't even remember how. The next day, I was a little bit uh, more worried about the office, but uh, that uh, Thursday, I took my my gear and I drove into the city. And then I worked uh, on the pile with uh, some of the uh, rescue and recovery efforts. So I, I was down there for a bit. Are you right to talk about that a little more? Or? Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a challenging topic for me. But yeah, I, I, I'm, yes, we can explore that, sure. Yeah, man. Um, how, how, just, I, I guess this is like the, the man's group stuff, like from an, an emotional standpoint, what was that like? Uh, you know, because being, especially from New Zealand, like I remember the day, I remember waking up, I remember turning on the TV. And from New Zealand, it doesn't feel real. It, it's, right. it's on a screen. It's in America. That's a big country. That Like it it felt very alien but for you to actually be there and be present and have the energy of everything going around you like i, I can't imagine i think it was overwhelming to uh, to an extent that i mostly blocked it out i mostly created this this thick wall uh, to enable me to to continue because the enormity of it was just so great that I probably would have ceased functioning had it had it uh, had I allowed it to impact me as much as it, it could potentially have. I I really had to uh, compartmentalize it and do what I needed to do. Um, so, uh, it, I think the, the actual effects of it, the actual uh, trauma of it, 
did not kick in, kick in until significantly later. And I have not been down to the site in, in years. Uh, I haven't been to the museum. Um, I, I find it challenging. I find it, uh, it's, it's still very, very tender and very raw. And uh, I, I, did, I did address it a little bit uh, as far as you know, doing some, some emotional release around it. But it's still, it's still there and I'm, 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 it's still a sensitive topic. So I think I'm still blocking it out to an extent. Um, and, and I really was not down there very much. I mean, compared to some of the, uh, some of the guys who lived and breathed it day in and day out. I, and I have many, I know many guys who were there day in and day out uh, from you know, NYPD and FDNY and, and other branches. Uh, so it was, um, I think it was something that I, I'm, I'm, I'm still dealing with. Uh, uh, it's funny, my, my brother and I talked about this the other day and, you know, what is mental health and, you know, the questioning around anxiety and depression because from a technical standpoint, they were manufactured emotions from the pharmaceutical companies, right? Mm -hmm. But then we also got onto the topic of PTSD. I don't like to call it a disorder, but post-traumatic mm -hmm. stress. And it's easy for someone who works in mental health to say, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, you create different patterns and, and you work to a positive mindset and all that sort of stuff. But I touch wood, I, I will never understand what it's like to be at war and see someone killed in front of me or pick up the remains and the remnants and clean up after such a, such a horrible, horrible, horrible situation. Do you think that you have or have had those elements of post-traumatic stress? Would you like, I know you're probably a man that doesn't classify things, but is that, is that the, like if you were to give it a, a title, would that sort of sum it up? I think there's a certain element uh, of that for certain. Um, I think there's no, there's no question that there, there, there are some elements of, of PTSD uh, within the experience for me. And I also think that one of the ways that first responders deal with life in general, it's, it's kind of a perspective. It's, you, you really do have to distance yourself from, from what's happening in front of you, whether it be picking up body parts or, or going into a, you know, a, a dark, smoky hot room or whatever it is there has to be a certain element of uh of distancing from from your reality you create this uh bubble kind of a, a of a thing that protects my psyche from what's actually happening mm -hmm. and uh, and and for me it's not it's not even that dramatic people who i think first responders today people in the medical front lines are really uh actively engaging in that otherwise you can't survive I mean we as human beings can probably not survive that kind of, of a maelstrom of, of, of fears and emotions and, and images and visuals and memories and it, it, it just hits boom 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 it's, it's, it's something that's not meant for us as, as human beings I, I don't think so so yeah 
And it's got to be, it's, it's so fascinating because it's got to be challenging. It's got to be hard on you emotionally and physically, obviously. Mm. But yet you guys that do it, love it. You love it. Like you live for it. And, and, but you have to block it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, yeah. was this, do you think there is a link on your, on your uh, journey for self-development that has come through what you do? Or do you think this is just a natural progression for where you are in your life with your age and, you know, the age of your kids and stuff? Or do you think a lot of the work that you've done over your life has, has made you address it a little bit deeper? I hadn't thought of that question, uh, but that's, uh, that's a very astute question. I like um, your response. <laughs> <laughs> well, naturally, you would. Um, I'm certain that, it, that it, has a, it, it absolutely has an influence. I mean, we are the sum of our parts, and, um, or I am the sum of my parts anyway. But um, I'm certain that the experience and the, the demands I made on myself um, and the the product that evolved from it certainly has to do with where I am today. There's there's no question that uh, there are elements of of the challenges that I faced because of the fire service, because of the uh, first response. So yeah, I, I think so. If you ask me how, I don't that I don't know yet. But uh, <laughs> is there um is there a lot of that sort of stuff in place for you guys, you first responders? Like, is there a lot of work on, I guess, the mental health side of things or the self development, or is, are you just sort of led to fend for yourself? I think of late, it's uh, more of a thing. Uh, there are more uh, services available for first responders, but that's fairly recent. Uh, one of the things that's been offered um, is yoga for first responders. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and it's it's phenomenal. It's it's. <laughs> when I think about how my body has has changed since I started actively practicing yoga and how my communion, my communication with my body has improved and increased, it's, it's, it's just mind boggling. And I'm so grateful, I'm so pleased to see that there are people who are actually offering these services to first responders. I know that the police departments do it. I know the fire departments do it and um, so there are certainly, there are definitely elements in place and there are increasing, but I don't think it's as much a part of the rigor of education as that we should have. That should be a, 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 an integral element of any academy that you go through, of any training that you go through, of, of any continuing training that you go through because of the impact on our body and our emotions and, and everything that we bring with us, all the tools that we have accessible on the site, on the scene, are what we bring to them. So if we're better, we can offer that much more to those that we're responding to. So 
I'm a, a tremendous proponent of, of this continuing and, and growing. It's, um, I think of really random weird things, right? So I was thinking of t-shirt ideas yesterday. And this is nothing against education, knowledge, anything like that. But uh, we used to have a saying when we were in uh, college and university that C's get the degrees, right? Because it didn't matter if you didn't put in the maximum effort, you still got the degree at the end of the day. So I was thinking a t-shirt, C's get the degrees, but it takes a lifetime to make the A-team. Because... We, we have all these life skills that are just, you know, for me, I'm not a bright guy, but my, my life skills for me personally have trumped my education skills a long time ago. And, you know, all these things that we've been talking about, self-development, meditation, yoga, um, working through limiting beliefs and things like that, it would be really, really great if we could offer it up from, like I said, at such a younger age. And, and the thing that I suggested on every man the other week, I don't know if you were there was, you know, to discover a way that we could make emotions and men's groups sexy again, not sexy as in pulling another uh, partner, but just so younger men go, Oh my God, that's so freaking cool that they can do that. And I, I think I fully believe it's possible. Mm. Mm. I, uh, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> I don't disagree. disagree? And, and I, think, I think you're selling, I do not disagree with what oh. you're saying. And uh, I think you're selling yourself short by uh, thinking you're not bright. I don't, I don't think that's true. That's something I'm working on. <laughs> We're all working on something, and that's uh, one of my, my list of many. Hey, I really appreciate you jumping on board today, but I always ask my guests to share some piece of advice for the men, maybe to the woman listeners out there, something that has really helped you out in all your challenges in life and, and overcoming adversity just one major tool that you have found that works really really well for you just to keep pushing forward and it can be two if you need two i'll give you two <laughs> danny yesterday says uh, no I, I, I think i think what no i i i think it's it's fairly clear to me at the moment that um what is calling me most and what has been calling me most lately is the the desire and the work around being authentic um how do i discover what my authentic desire is at the moment what is it that, that i want in this moment, not to appease whoever I'm, I'm communicating with, what are my deep desires? And for me, that's been a struggle. For me, that's been, because I, I, I have always been one who helps others. I've always been one who puts others before my needs. And it, it became unconscious after a, a period of time to the point where I was walking around and, with with anger, with with um, 
resentment of others because I was doing for them and not for me. But it was my fucking struggle. I was the one who didn't know what the hell I was doing. So the, the relationship, the, the conversation with myself about my authenticity and what is it that makes me within my power, gives me the position, the status, the place to be in my power so that I, I can express myself most fully. And I'm not sure that's a tool, but I, I know that that has been my, um, that has been my quest lately. And that, that I think is what has moved me fairly dramatically over the last several months. It's powerful, dude, because I, like, you know, I, I shy away from just solely talking about masculinity, but this is a very masculine trait. You know, you, you've said it, I think twice, three times already that you're a provider and we'll never get rid of that. And part of providing is for others. So we just continue, continually try and, you know, fill other people's cups and, 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 and help people and fix people and do things that when we finally look in the mirror, we're looking at a cup that's half empty a quarter mm -hmm. empty and the old saying is how can you give to uh, others if your cup is is not a hundred percent full right that's right you gotta take the oxygen mask for yourself first there you go there we go i love that um mate it's been a pleasure i uh i look forward to seeing you on uh i think it's this evening's call for every man big shout out to every man dan dotty and the boys there um I, I'm going to plug those guys. Like, if you're absolutely, interested, absolutely. Yeah, if you guys are really interested in looking at men's groups, uh, we highly recommend Every Man. Uh, we're involved. Every Man. It is uh, evolving as we speak with uh, this whole pandemic. Um, but they're doing some really cool uh, free calls at the moment. Uh, hopefully, they're still doing uh, those when this podcast comes out. But um. I suppose, let's finish on that question. How did you find Everyman? Uh, my wife. <laughs> She's like, I heard of this, uh, this organization. You should check it out. Like, oh, gosh, really? Okay. <laughs> That's kind of how I find out about it. And uh, it, drew me in, it drew me in right away. Um, I, I like the format. Uh, and especially, I especially like what they're doing currently with the, the platform and I can't wait for the membership platform for it to be a little more robust than what it is currently. But uh, these calls are tremendous. Yeah. And I love the fact that if you want it daily, it's there. Oh yeah. Because, you know, like I, I love weekly, but there are some days where I just need it. Absolutely. And, and I love the fact, like I explained it to the group that I was with this morning. It's, it's, I'm not looking for you to solve anything. I'm not going to solve anything for you. It's almost like a dumping ground that you can discover answers for yourself because we usually have the answers. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just discovering them sometimes for ourselves that is tricky. Absolutely. I think, I think the one, one of the things that is important about these types of, of organizations and, and well, this one specifically is that they help me discover tools and I have the skills. I don't always have the tools. So it's the combination of the two that 
helps us forward our path. Here we go. Awesome to have you on board, brother. Uh, I love you like a brother from another mother. My pleasure. And, uh, we'll catch up with you this evening. Beautiful. Champion, buddy.